best part of waking up is having hope in your cup. I'm Stephanie Winslow, and thank you for coming to Cup of Hope podcast. Uh, it's my privilege and honor to be with you. Thank you so much for stopping by the channel, and I know that you will find hope in your cup to be full and overflowing as you dig into the Word of God with us in uh, study and also in prayer. So grab your cup and let's fill it up with the hope that God has in store for us. Thank you for joining and enjoy the show. Winslow, and I'm so grateful to be with you this morning to bring to you a message from the Word of God. Let's lift up our cups today and ask the Lord, Lord, would you fill us up today with the hope that you have in store for us through the power of your Word. Lord, um, the Lord our God has a lot in store for us this month as we are talking through this subject of telling the truth when it's easier to tell a lie or easier to only tell a partial truth or easier to not confront uh, our own shortcomings and, and our own failures. And there may be times as we talked on Monday that God is approaching us and asking us to speak truth into the life of someone in our circle of influence, someone that we have a relationship with we may be called to rebuke, which is to speak correction um, and draw that person's eyes and heart back to the Father God, back to what the Bible says, back to the truth of Scripture. That always comes around a, a, a relationship or um, something that there's a, a cultivated relationship or or and or an authority a place of authority that you have in that person's life um today we're following along this same storyline so on monday we talked about how um the prophet nathan spoke rebuke to david to the king of israel and how nathan even had to know that he was taking his own life into his hands as as he was facing David as king. As king, David could have made any decision about Nathan. He, he could have, you know, done what other kings do and had him um, burned at the stake or thrown into a lion's den or any number of scenarios. He could have taken Nathan's life because Nathan came to him and spoke rebuke and correction to him. But thanks be to God, David had a heart after God. And he received the rebuke with, um, with he, he accepted it, right? So he could have, again, just ignored it, turned his back, like, who, who do you think you are speaking to me? I can do what I want. I'm king. He could have gotten on his pompous high horse. Um, but his response was a heart of repentance. And he confessed that he had done wrong by taking Bathsheba and, and sleeping with her and then having Uriah, her husband, killed on the battlefield. Um, he confessed all that was done. He confessed his uh, mistakes. He confessed his sin before God and before Nathan. And then 
In Psalm 51, this is David's song of repentance. This is David coming to God and just confessing and repenting before the Lord. This whole Psalm, which is a little bit long, so I'm only gonna read to you a few of the verses that stood out as I was preparing that I think for for me, for us, is, is just something to, to sink into a little deeper, but I do encourage you to go back and read the entirety of the Psalm. What I think is interesting is, is just the timing of this um, because there, it, there is, in our lives, I think we can look at, especially if you've been um, a believer for a long time, we kind of get into this rhythm of thinking, well, I, repentance is really for the major sins, right? The things that we consider like major sins. Like I've been a believer for so long, I don't really sin anymore, which is not true at all. <laughs> but I think we can have that mindset or mentality that this sin is just reserved for those pe- for those people, the other people who are really struggling with, with the bigger issues. But what the Lord is showing me uh, through this is that this this word, this message is is for me. Um, this rebuking and, and correcting, it's that, that this, the Holy Spirit he uses in my life to rebuke me often. And even something happened yesterday where I use my words um, even even in the confines of my own home of of what i'm i'm speaking god has been talking to me about my speech and that the this verse that whatever is um true whatever is noble whatever is honorable whatever is pure whatever is praiseworthy think on these things and then what i'm saying with my mouth needs to be a reflection of what my mind and my heart are dwelling on. So if my mind and my heart aren't dwelling on things that are good, true, noble, praiseworthy, then what's coming out of my mouth is not going to be words that are good, noble, praiseworthy, honorable, true, and all of those things. And this verse that it keeps coming up in my study and in my, uh, even my pastor preached on Sunday and used this verse that let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, it was in a devotional I read again this morning, be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth be honorable. So that's what God has been speaking to me. And he has been, he actually used a scenario yesterday um, that was this, what if someone heard this conversation? What if someone overheard this conversation? And even though it was a private conversation between me and my husband, he gave me this scenario of what would happen if this conversation was overheard? And of course, it would be devastating to me to know that a friend of mine overheard this because it was me just needing to vent for a moment. But the Lord speaking to me even in a greater level of, of conviction saying that is this good, true, noble, praiseworthy, upright, beautiful, lovely, is it something that your mind and your heart should be dwelling on? 
or not. And so this moment of, of repentance for me this morning was just confessing that, Lord, I have prayed and prayed and prayed that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing to you. And then his Holy Spirit entered into that space and convicted me and rebuked me that that's what you're praying, Stephanie, but, you're, but what you're dwelling on in your heart and what's coming out of your mouth are not in alignment with what is good and true and noble and right with what, I, what you should be thinking about, what I want you to be thinking about. And so we need to work on that. And so my heart was in a place of repentance this morning. It was a place of repentance where I, no, I did not um, have relations with anyone outside of my marriage as David did in this situation. That was not the scenario this morning for me. My scenario was that my heart and my mind what and my words were not bringing glory and honor to God. They were not reflecting what I know that God wants me to be reflecting on. And, and they were not bringing life to, to anyone or anything. It was a vent. And sometimes I feel like we, th we think we need to get things like that off of our chest, but I think there's a time and a place for that with, with God. Um, and that's not necessarily something that other people need to be brought into because it doesn't build up the kingdom. It doesn't build up the body of believers. It doesn't bring edification to, to the, those around us. It just kind of casts a cloud over the environment. And so the Lord definitely convicted me about that. And, and um, so this morning was my heart of repentance. And so in Psalm 51, I wanna to read to you verses five through eight, where David said, for I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. And verse six, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back again. Give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. And this is what I love about David and his understanding of repentance is that he doesn't wallow in the in 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 his sorrow of what he did. He he recognizes I, I was wrong. He confesses it. And then he moves from that place of of confessing and and bringing that before God, understanding that God brings forgiveness and covers over it. And then he, he moves into this place of, I was broken, now let me rejoice. I was broken, now let me rejoice. Let me shift my eyes from my brokenness to the forgiveness that God has for me. Let me shift my eyes and my fo focus from my mistake to the to the joy that comes from knowing God and from being in relationship with God that I don't have to be stuck there. I don't have to be left in that place. I don't have to be stuck in this messy um, old past 
I can move into rejoicing and celebrating in the fact that God is my redeemer. God is the forgiver of my sins. God sets my feet on a new path. He restores me. I can repent of my sin. That in and of itself is a beautiful grace that God gives us, that we can repent that repenting means that we have someone on the other side, God on the other side, willing to forgive. That ability to even repent of what we have done, the sin that we have committed, the wrongdoing, the wrong thoughts, the wrong motives, the the wrong behavior, that we can confess all of that and leave it behind and turn. Repent means that we turn around and walk a different way, that we turn the 180 degrees and and go a different direction, that we don't continue to, to just say, oh, I'm sorry, and continue living in the mess of what's over here, but we we turn around and walk in a new direction. We're cleansed, we're, we're washed whiter than snow, as we're told in verse 7, as David is is walking out his own repentance and, 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 and recognizing the forgiveness of the Lord. He's realizing the forgiveness of the Lord. He admitted that he had done wrong. He acknowledged that there was a gap between how he was behaving and God's best for him. And that's what this understanding of, of sin and repentance is. It's that I, I know that how I am living and what I was doing, my behavior, my attitude, my actions, my reactions were not in alignment with God's best for me. And my admission of the, that place, my confession of the sin is recognizing that I want to be in alignment with God's best for me. I want to go from this place to this place under the authority and alignment of God. I want to acknowledge what God's best is for me. And the thing that I love best about all of this is that this repentance leads to joy. Repentance leads to joy. In verse 16 and 17, I want to close with these two thoughts. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. Verse 17, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. There is nothing more that God desires from us than us bringing our brokenness, our broken, repentant heart to him and letting him have the joy of washing us white as snow, the joy of of covering over our sin, the joy of using the price that Christ paid for us on the cross, that ultimate sacrifice making it useful for us because that's what it was for. And so when we come to him with a repentant heart and we we say, Lord, forgive me 
for all of these things that I have done or for for having a wrong motivation, for, for not walking in alignment with your best for me. Forgive me, Lord. That is his joy. That is better than sacrifice because it's showing him that we understand that what Christ did for us on the cross and now that sacrifice that Christ made for us on the cross can cover over us and wash us white as snow. It can be um, used for our good and for his glory. That's the beauty of repentance. It's the beauty of coming to, to God with our our mess. <laughs> it's the beauty of coming before God and not with a heart of repentance. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. I thank you, Father, that we were not left in our sin and brokenness, Lord, but Jesus made a way to be restored, to be made new, to be washed whiter than snow, and be uh, able to be in relationship with you, Father God. I thank you for his sacrifice. And I thank you, Lord, that as we enter into repentance, that we can walk about this life with joy, with peace, with understanding, Father God. I, I thank you that you are good. I thank you that you are continuing to teach us, that you are continuing to mold us, Father God. I pray that as as we are in relationships with others and even in relationship with you, I know for me, you have used the Holy Spirit on multiple times to rebuke my, my, my shortcomings and my sin. So whether it's the Holy Spirit or relationships with other, others, God, I pray that we would have ears to hear your rebuke and that we would choose to come before you and repent of those things, to repent of our sin to repent and admit all that we have done that we were not right in our thinking we were not right in our speaking we were not right in our actions lord god i pray that we would have the courage to turn from the place that we are walking 180 degrees and walk a different direction that you would correct our, our thinking that you would correct our speaking you would correct our motivations our hearts God, and that all of it would be aligned to you and your best for us. Father God, I pray all of these things, Lord Jesus, and as your word was sent out today in Psalm 51, I pray that it would produce fruit in the heart of those who hear it, listen to it, and God, may uh, your word go forth, changing our hearts, transforming us today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Thank you for being with me today on Cup of Hope. Be blessed, be well, and I will see you back here on Friday. Bye-bye. Blessings to you, Cup of Hope family. I hope to see you tomorrow as we join back together on Cup of Hope. If you're in need of more hope or more resources, you're looking for something to read or dig into uh, to find out more about God, you can go to my website, stephaniewinslow.com, stephaniewinslow.com, and find more helpful resources there. Blessings, Cup of Hope family, and we'll see you tomorrow.